What's going on, y'all? Are we starting? Oh, crud. Are we starting? See why? What? I, I, just, I just need you to I'm mostly up. I'm mostly drinking water. I've got a kid on the way. Okay. Huh. Welcome back to Historically Athletic, guys. This is not vodka, I promise. I don't know what CY is over here doing, but you know that's just kind of how it goes. I like to goop off sometimes. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the content from the previous one where we went over those NFL scandals. We're shifting gears over to college football in this particular uh, portion of this video podcast, however you want to describe us. Um, CY, the guy's playground, so to speak. He, he really enjoys his college ball. and I do. He can really go into a lot of detail with it, much more so than I can. So, <laughs> well, even still, I mean, I think I think you'll probably go to a Texas game with me next fall if I invite you. Oh, if if being the key word there, guys. Remember only that. only remember if, that only if we get a hotel room and I get the bed and you get the couch. You don't want to share. Let's move on. Yeah, we're, we're both married talk, <laughs> and we're almost both talk. with children. <laughs> oh my God. We're going to talk the top 10 non-conference games. Not in any particular order here. These are 10 games that see why the guy really went through and just saw the non-conference. He's excited about I'm jazzed about them. Some of these games that I'm looking over, I'm excited about too. They look like they're going to be some good games. Other games, I'm kind of just like, why is this on? Are, are they titillating? Titillating. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to start it off. And really... We're going to start off with why this game is a big game to me, because I don't know. Arkansas versus BYU. I mean, number one, it's in Provo, and that's one of the coolest places to watch a game based on the pictures that I've seen. And um, just to let you guys know, James Parks at SI.com and FBSchedules.com's Amy Daughters both contributed to some of this in terms of the research. So just wanted to knock that out while I'm thinking about it. Yes, sir. Thank you all both for your input here. But Arkansas-BYU is a big game for a number of reasons. Number one, BYU has been a consistently solid program for years, and it's always difficult to beat them. I know they've given Provo. Texas a lot. Yeah, I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Uh, that was good gracious years. I remember that. He day. tore Same us day. up. <laughs> but Arkansas is really rising. I mean, they've got a really good coach in Sam Pittman. They're known okay. for their physicality on the offensive and defensive lines. K.J. Jefferson comes back a quarterback for them, but they don't have Traylon Burks, who, of course, went in the first round of the yeah. NFL draft. Big, big so, receiver. Huge. So I'm curious to see how Arkansas will respond in a road environment. It's also in the middle of October, so that's right in the meat of their SEC schedule as well. Mm, and the so, SEC West is not easy, never is. So yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely curious to see how Arkansas handle that environment. And BYU, of course, is transitioning to go into the Big 12 in, um, in a year or two. So yeah. I'm curious to see how that will pan out. Um, you can go ahead and introduce the next one. Next one is a game that's going to be a pretty good one. Gonna I'll be, be there. Nas- it's going to be a national televised game. At you 11 a.m. You got Alabama traveling to Texas you know, over in Austin. Like you have written down right here, a hot September afternoon in Austin, Texas. Two and blue bloods and two eventually brethren when it comes yeah, to the conference. Texas is moving to the SEC, so a little bit to see of what to come, uh, you know, more so each year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the last time these guys matched up, I remember very vividly. It was that 2010 national championship game. In the Rose Bowl. The Colt McCoy game. Mr. Colt McCoy got injured, what was the first quarter? Early on. Yeah. Got a um, got a shoulder stinger. Something, and, something uh, bad. Or a pinchner. I, I truly don't even know. But his arm basically turned into a noodle. And I'm just going to – I just remember watching that game, and I do remember, obviously, this is before – like, Bama had been a, been a big big game. But they hadn't – But been, they hadn't won they much. They hadn't won a title in, like, 20 years. Exactly. And really watching that game, I remember watching that game. If Cole McCoy would have been in, it's a different game. 100%. Yeah. 
Bama goes on to win, and this really started the snowball for Saban's Crimson Tide. I mean, they just kept going, and they kept winning after that. It's the first one. So, big deal here, and you know, to have Alabama at Texas this year, and then, like you said, in about a year or so, we're going to see Texas in the SEC. Some good, some good things to come, maybe? I hope so. I mean, Texas has had a rough 10 years. I don't think anybody that's sensible as a, either a grad or an alum of, of uh, Texas can tell you otherwise. 2018, with us beating you know Georgia in the Sugar Bowl and making a Big 12 championship appearance, was a bit of an outlier yeah. compared to what we've really seen. And um, I do think Sark is doing Sarkisian is doing a lot of good things. He's got a base to work with in the context of bringing in you know Quinn Ewers as a transfer and then yeah. having Hudson Card still there yeah, from last year, deal. having the probably the best running back in the country in Bijan Robinson coming I'm, back. I was glad that he came back for you guys, especially. He was a sophomore. I mean, obviously. But at least he didn't transfer. True. At least he didn't transfer. And then they've got Xavier Worthy, who was a freshman All-American, and glad they kept him, too. Yep. They, they brought in some, some guys, that, and he needed to do some roster turnover based on what he said when Sark came in. He was like, we're probably going to have to turn over this roster with like 30-something players, and he's done it. Right. But the kicker is, is I don't know if all those changes are going to make much difference against the reigning Heisman Trophy winner in uh, in Bryce Young and having Will Anderson on Bama's D. It's it's going to be a big ask for Texas to stay in that game. They're going to be yeah. ticked off after that loss to Georgia in the national championship game. They just yeah. will. They will. And I mean that's the thing too is going back to what you were talking about with with Bijan Robinson coming back. I mean he's a stud, mm-hmm. and he. For what he can do is not only do you have to worry about these guys leaving for the NFL as a junior or a senior. NIL opportunities. Now you got to really worry about the transfer opportunity because that's where Quinn Qu- Qu- Ewers comes from. I mean, from he Ohio was, State. He was, yeah, he was the big guy that came from South Lake Carroll, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Came from South Lake Carroll, took the very first NIL deal, NIL deal uh, to go to Ohio State. Did he even play last year? No. Did he he got play? like three snaps in garbage time because C.J. Yeah. Stroud – uh, eventually, a Heisman finalist uh, tore it up tore once it up. he kind of had a bit. He had a little so bit of a slow start. So then, obviously, he's moving he, back to Texas, coming back to his hometown. I mean, that could spell good things for the University of Texas as well. We'll see. I mean, I, I just – God, those memories of 2010. That was – just for y'all's context. I do context, remember that very much. I, I, well. I worked on the staff at Texas, um, and that was the last game that I worked, was the BCS championship game in 2010. and That was the end um, of the Mac Brown era, too. Pretty much, he was he was he out. He was, year? for lack of a better term, he was ousted three years after okay, that. Okay, three years. Yeah. Unfortunately, Coach Brown's a good man. Um, he didn't deserve that, in my opinion. But I, I am very biased in that context too. But like we'll said, move on. I know we spent a lot of time on that one because of my obvious rooting interest there. But for Notre Dame and Ohio State, this is a season opener, and it's a September third matchup. Um, and Notre Dame has a new coach. Is it isn't a new coach from? Ohio State, too? Or not from, but he went to Ohio State? He played at Ohio State. He was a linebacker. He actually okay. played in 2008 in the – well, actually, in the 2009 Fiesta Bowl when Texas beat Ohio State. Oh, wow. Uh, so he was a starting linebacker that year with um, – oh, my gosh, it wasn't Lauren Itis, It was somebody else. Oh, uh, but Lawrence. they were – I mean, they were stacked on defense at Ohio State that year. They had Terrell Pryor in his freshman yeah. year that year. Beanie Wells at running back. They were ridiculous. Oh, Beanie Wells. <laughs> yep. Yep. So everything that came about that. So now Marcus Freeman, who came, who was the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati before he went over to Notre Dame to help Brian Kelly last year. Okay. When Kelly left for LSU, Freeman got elevated to the top job. And truth be told, I don't think Notre Dame could have made a better choice. Good. I really think that that's going to be a good choice for them. 
it'll be a fascinating matchup. But I mean, Notre Dame's got a lot to catch up to because Ohio State's offense with with Stroud, even and, with all those players that they had <sighs> declare for the draft, they still got some good talent. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ryan Day's been recruiting great. Jackson Smith and Jigba from Texas, uh, and CJ Stroud. I mean, they're just. They're going to be tough to stop. That offense should be outstanding again. Interesting. The next one we've got is Georgia versus Oregon and Atlanta. And this was another good one where, you know, tale of the opposing head coach. You see there be a part of the other team in some way or so forth. You know, uh, the defensive coordinator from Georgia. Dan Lanning. He's now the head coach at Oregon. Oregon. Because Mario Cristobal left to go be the head coach. Couch. The head coach at Miami. Okay. So that's how that little dominoes fell. But. Um, Bo Nix transferred from Auburn. He was an Auburn legacy. Yeah. His dad was a quarterback at Auburn. Kind of had an up-and-down career on the Plains. Mm-hmm. So he transfers up to Oregon, and I think he could really help him up I there. Think, I think his style will probably fit Oregon much better. Probably, but UJ has just been recruiting like gangbusters. I mean, yeah, they lost a lot of talent I mean, they in the lost draft. lost a lot But I, I think that Kirby Smart is trying to turn Georgia into Alabama in the Eastern Division. I mean, he really is. He's following the template, but he's doing it more with defense and focusing more on defense. Well, at the end of the day, I still think Georgia takes that. It's in Atlanta. It's basically a home game. This isn't a neutral site game. I know. I was going to say, because it says versus Oregon, but they're not playing at Georgia. They're playing in Atlanta. But, I mean, it's it's a a pseudo home game for Georgia. Georgia. But the next one that we have on our list is Miami at Texas A&M. And you kind of were questioning why I put this yeah, on there. Yeah, quite frankly, I'm like, is Miami coming back into you know the talks of relevance? They've been up and down. Um, okay. They've had one or two years where they've been relevant, kind of like what Texas has been going to the, going through. To be perfectly frank with you, in a different way though, because okay. Miami's a private school. We don't have the same resources of a of a public school that has fifty thousand kids on campus. That's one historical episode that we'll definitely have to touch base on. Yeah. Those awesome, badass teams of the... Um, Miami had some very good teams from Mm. 1980 through 2001. Mm. Or 2002, truthfully. But this is going to be on September 17th in College Station at Texas A&M. A&M just reeled in the best recruiting class of all time. Of all time. With <laughs> the assistance of With NIL. a lot of scandal in that regard as that's well. A, that's a longer... <laughs> at the end of the day, okay, they're using NIL, so is everybody else. If they, they it's did it, legal if they did it so better than everybody else, then why knock them? Exactly. I'm no A&M apologist, but they're just playing by the rules. I mean, still, because like, Saban still got the second best recruiting class. He, he got Regardless. A Regardless. Mean. So A&M needs to pick a quarterback between Haynes King, stud out of Longview, who got hurt last year, or Max Johnson, who okay. is the son of Brad Johnson, former Bucks quarterback. Oh, yeah. And he did pretty well at LSU before he transferred to A&M. That also triggered... Max's brother, a tight end recruit, to switch his commitment from LSU to A&M. So Bradshaw, or not Bradshaw, uh, Johnson is playing for who? He's playing for A&M. For A&M, okay. Tyler Van Dyke is the quarterback for Miami, and he's okay. he's proven himself to be pretty solid. So Cristobal comes into a situation where he already has a quarterback that's really good in play. Right. But I don't know if Miami has enough depth and talent to challenge A&M, and I... I, I mean, can't A&M believe I'm saying that. A&M is trying to make a push. They are absolutely top, top trying to make... They're, I just... I, I wonder with Jimbo's offense being very pro style, that's not really how the college game is being played these days. A lot of teams are going either power spread or spread, and but Jimbo's, a lot of those big name players, these blue chip recruits that are coming out of high school, they might. It's a selling point, you know. Come in, learn a pro style offense, and then the transition is not as difficult. And it's I a can selling see that. point for the draft. I can see that. 
Um, so we'll see how things shake. I, I, I fully expect A&M to win that game by at least 10 points, but we'll see. We'll see. College Station is never an easy place to play. No. The next one, this is kind of an interesting one because it's Utah at Florida. And I kind of like this matchup. I, mean, I do, the way, too. The way you've laid it out here, you know, Utah, very good team coming out of the Pac-12, obviously the defending uh, conference champions. And Florida... Kind of on the up and up, you know, with the with the new coach, with the new coach out there. Up and up is hard to describe, man. I mean, from where had, they've been the last few years. Well, though, right? think about it this way: they had Will Muschamp for three or four years, canned him. They had uh, the Mackle train, Jim McElwain, come in for a couple years, canned. Now they had Dan Mullen come over from Mississippi State from the SEC West, who was a former offensive coordinator during the Urban Meyer years. Canned. Well, he just after one year too, right? Do, no, no, he was there multiple years. He was there multiple years. He was there multiple years. McIlwain was the one that had all the shark jokes. Okay, okay. So <laughs> look that up if you want. But regardless, Florida's been going through coaches the same way Texas has. Yeah. They've just had a little bit more success in terms of getting into better bowl games. and I mean, I mean being in the SEC conference. That helps. It helps. And they're, the state of Florida's got a ton of talent on it, just like the state of Texas does. But either way, Florida's <laughs> hey, coming in with the new coach – with Billy Napier coming in from Ulala, as my wife calls it, but University of Louisiana, Ooh, Louisiana Lafayette. So he's coming in. They're going to be playing in a sticky, hot environment in Gainesville in the swamp. Never an easy place to win. And that's the opening day, isn't it? I believe so. And the quarterback battle, I think, is amazing because you've got Cameron Rising with Utah. He was a guy that transferred from Texas to okay. Utah and solid. That transfer really portal, is, man, it's hard to keep up with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But then Anthony Richardson, or uh, as Florida fans tend to refer to him, AR fifteen, uh, has a he has a ton of talent. It's just the big talent arm too. Big arm, Cam Newton ish. Okay. Cam Newton ish, but with more accuracy with his arm. Okay. The problem is harnessing that talent and minimizing the mistakes for a still right. fairly inexperienced player. Yep. So Utah's D did lose a ton to graduation into the draft. I think this is going to be a win for Florida, but it's going to be tight. And that's an tight. upset And pick. this is a big deal for Utah, too, because, you know, you're getting going on the road to an SEC power. SEC team. You know, you got those haters out there that you're in a weak conference, you know, mm-hmm. Pac-12. You can do a lot to shut them up with that. Exactly. But, so again, they, they're, they're also going in there just no. thinking that, you know, they might get this one. They no, want that one. no, no, no. But at the same time, Florida, they're catching Florida, I think, at a good, at a bit of a vulnerable state to a certain degree. But it's never easy to beat Florida in the swamp. So definitely not. The this next, next game reminds me of the old days. Take it, take it away, dude. I mean, I like it. You got Oklahoma at Nebraska. This is a, you know, Big Twelve. Go back as far as the Big Eight rivalry here. I mean, it's going to be held in Lincoln on September seventeenth. So it looks like maybe the second week of the season, third week, third week of the season. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a fun game. You know, tell me why you got this this game on the list. Uh, multiple reasons. Number one, you got two quarterbacks that are going to be brand new to both teams. So Casey okay. Thompson transferred in to try and help Scott Frost save his job in Nebraska. Uh, and Casey was the touchdown leader in the Big 12 um, at Texas last year mm-hmm. on a 5-17. and 17. Casey wasn't the problem. But I think that um, – I think that'll be a good fit for him out in Nebraska. I, I think Frost is finally getting the pieces there, but it's just not easy to recruit to the middle of the country. It yeah. is tough. And Nebraska is not the same Nebraska as old either, so they don't it's have not, that stigma around. Nebraska hasn't been the same for 15 years. For a long almost. time. It's been a and then it's a huge road test because the, the Sea of Red is never easy to play against. Mm-hmm. But Brent Venables is the new head coach at OU after Lincoln Riley left for USC. Okay. Venables comes from 
uh, Clemson. He was the defensive coordinator for years under Dabo Sweeney over at Clemson and won multiple championships. Had great D-line play. Had great defenses in general. But he's never been head coach before. But he was the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma for many years, too, for Bob Stoops before he went to Clemson. So he knew Oklahoma. So he's got the Oklahoma he's ties. He's got absolutely. You know, I think Stoops he's going to be a, good, a really good fit. a good fit. one to have a coaching tree under. He'll be under Stoops because Stoops I, is a good coach. I think it'll be interesting to see how things play out there. Okay. Um, I could, I could see Oklahoma winning that by probably about ten points, though. I think they're just the more talented team, probably the better coach team, truth be told. Yeah. They've got uh, Jeff Levy there, who ran the offense at Ole Miss, and he's known for, he's known for putting some offenses on the field that score some points. So okay. we'll see how things shake there. This next game, I think this is much more of a homer for yourself. It's not even a homer for me as much as as it is a homer for people in this part of the country that appreciate purple and gold. Purple and gold, guys. Mm -hmm. Mardi Gras. Think think Mardi Gras. It's Florida State versus LSU in New Orleans in the Dome. You know, that's going to be a – I don't think it's going to be a particularly great game, to be perfectly frank with you, and I, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, Florida State has not been Florida State say, since Jameis like, left. Yep, it's been I feel ten like LSU years. LSU has definitely got the the better recruitment class. The they have the better roster. There's no question sure. about it. But he needs to figure out who his quarterback's going to be down there in Baton Rouge now with Brian Kelly, you know, down south in. Uh, yeah, this is his uh, debut game, isn't it? So I, yeah. I can see why you might have put that on there. Debut game, big name coach, moving big to name Notre school. Dame. Like yep. it's just a. I'm curious to see how it how it shakes. I'm not going to go in any player stuff because we don't even know who's going to start a quarterback for really either team. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very much a wild card in my eyes. But we'll see. I mean, LSU obviously has the advantage being in the Superdome in, in New Orleans. You know their fans are going to show out. Right. So it'll be a fun way to – I mean, my in-laws will be there. I know that much. Yeah. <laughs> but then – this next matchup, it's another BYU game, but it's for different reasons. He's got two BYU games on here? Oh, my goodness. I know Steve Young has to be smiling somewhere. Yeah, yeah he's definitely smiling. Taysom Hill, too. Uh, but it, it's for two different reasons. Number one, Baylor is the defending Big 12 champion, and their offensive line yep. road-graded people last year. Yeah, big Super boys. physical. Big their boys. defense was outstanding. Dave Aranda, their head coach, is known for the defensive ends that he had at Wisconsin and, and LSU before he became a head coach. Super cerebral. Really fits that job well in Waco, to be perfectly honest with you. I think he'll do really good things there. Blake Shapin is going to be the new starting quarterback there. Gary Bohannon already transferred out. Shapin can throw the ball a little bit more accurately than Bohannon could. So I think that's going to bring a new dimension to Baylor's offense. But they they did lose a decent bit of depth in terms of the team that they had that kind of you know went from 1-11 under Matt Rule to where they eventually ascended to. Um, I'm and sorry. I mean, it was at, or sorry. They were two and nine during the COVID season. My bad. And I mean, BYU is kind of looking for a little bit of redemption here too. Well, they lost to Baylor last yeah, year exactly. in Waco, and they're going to be a new Big Twelve member, and Baylor will be in the conference when that happens. When that happens. Yes. So I'm curious to see how that'll go because it was a really so this competitive is a good game indicator of you know many more matchups to come for sure, especially being sure. you know eventually coming in the same conference together. Yeah, and two private schools for that matter. Yeah, that's very one true, on the one true. on the uh, Latter Day Saints side and one on the Baptist side. Yeah, and you got it on here. I mean, I I would agree. BYU could surprise some people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it could be. If they can come out. And get that win against against Baylor, you know, the defending Big Twelve champions, and then you're going to go to the Big Twelve conference in a year time. It's a big deal, big deal there. But then we're going to end it on a little bit more of a local note here. Obviously, we're running this out of the DFW area, and TCU at SMU. I mean, that's two hometown battle for the Iron Skillet. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. 
So tell me why this game made your list, other than the fact that it is a local local ordeal, big kind of big time game for DFW. It's only really two words, Sunny Dykes. Sunny Dykes. Sunny Dykes did a lot of good things at SMU through the transfer portal. Brought a lot of kids to the hilltop that were ready to kind of come back home. And uh, and he did really well at SMU. He tended to fade towards the end of the year for what reason I don't know, but he brought a level of success and uh, respectability to SMU that they hadn't seen since June Jones was on campus for those first couple of years when Emmanuel Sanders and all those guys kind of started to bring really? SMU back in some respects. And they'd been kind of up and down after Jones left, but then you know Chad Morris was there trying to build things back up, and now. You know, Sonny Dykes over the past couple of years has done really good work on the Hilltop. And I'm happy to see when SMU is good, that's good for college football. That's good for this area when it comes to football. When both Especially SMU, area, yeah. when SMU and TCU are both solid at football, it makes the season a lot more fun. And Especially, like you said, local area, local kids around here. Yeah, I mean, SMU's won two straight in this series. So I'm very curious to see how things are going to going to pan out. I mean, TCU still has a good amount of talent. They are not pushovers by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I'm fascinated to see how this will turn out, just because SMU is going to have a lot of pride on the line going up against their former coach. Mm-hmm. And I think Rhett Lashley will want to prove a point. Not that that's going to be the reason why they want to win. They want to win just because it's their rival and they want to keep the skillet. Right. I mean, they want to be able to use that for, and Sonny you know, Dykes has a chance to go 3-0 and technically in the skillet games. Well, at least in the past three years. In the past yeah. three years, yeah. But I think that'll be fascinating. I'd actually love to go to that ball game. I think it'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a fun one, yeah. I just sure. I can't remember the date off the top of my head. I don't think I listed it on the sheet, but no. I've got I've got my uh, my season tickets down in Austin again. Twelve years. Eleven years. Yeah, eleven years. Diehards, man, diehards. That's what college yeah, yeah. football is all about, though. It's like you have your team. About passion and loyalty. And you stay with that team. That's just exactly what it is. I went to Texas. I'm always going to be a, a Texas fan no matter what happens. And small shout-out, Texas won the Director's Cup again for the second year in a row, knocking off Stanford again. After Stanford had won the Director's Cup for like 10 to 15 years running, it's basically the best athletic department in the country in terms of like championships and standings within their conferences. Okay. And... I mean, they just went to the Women's College World Series final where Oklahoma just curb-stomped them. But the fact that they got there was well, they amazing. Got there. Exactly. They got and there. then Texas is always pretty good in baseball either way. Well, no, that softball is what I was referencing oh, there. Okay. The, the College World Series is about to start up, and Texas is there again. There have been 70, hold on, 75 editions, if I remember right, editions of the College World Series. Texas has been there over 50% of the time. They've had 38 appearances at the College World Series. In 75 years. There have been more College World Se- more than College World Series that have had Texas involved than not. <laughs> That's insane. That's pretty good. That's a baseball medal right there. That's pretty good. Well, we'll see how things shake out. I'd love to see them win it all. They haven't won a championship since 2005, right before I went to college. Yeah, right. And they lost to LSU in 2009 when I was in school. Mm, LSU's like your second home now, though. No. <laughs> I respect them, and I will root for them if they're not playing Texas. But either way, guys, I hope we, we hope that you all enjoyed the content. I hope you're, We hope you're enjoying that we're branching out a little bit. Um, but it really is football-focused at the moment, just in the context of college football and, and of course, the NFL, where I mean, we started and got the base on That's this. where our allegiance lies. At the end of the day, I'm a sports guy. I like all sports for the most part, especially playoff time. But... Down to the bottom of it, I had to choose one. 
It's football all day. American football. I, I I have to say, like, I, I really have a love for for the football across the pond, too. It'd oh, be no, a little, 100%. It'd be a little harder for me to... 100%. And I'm hoping that we can eventually do a little bit of talk about the Premier League because the team I like that the I... like the Premier. Well, the team that I support the biggest, Nottingham Forest, just got promoted for the first time in 23 years. So they're going to be, so the they're gonna be in the Premier League, League next oh, year. So, so. See, see, I wants to bring it in now, guys. I'm not going to complain. He wants to bring it in. Okay. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I want to... I definitely... Eventually, we're, the plan is to talk all sports here, guys. No historical uh, portions that we like to bring in where we talk the history of the game, bring it to uh, relevancy. Bring it, bring it to the present. Yeah, that goes for all sports: baseball, soccer, you know, basketball. Speaking even of even UFC. Well, speaking of basketball, I, I think the Celtics are done. We'll see, man. They play tonight. I hope they. By the time this airs, by the time this airs, they'll probably already played, and we'll see what the results are. But yeah. I would love to see a game seven. I would too. I'm tired of Golden State. Just throwing it out there. Tired. I of mean, they're good, but it is what it is. I mean, the new age basketball hitting threes majority of the time. If you can be a three point perimeter shooting team, it's much different than my favorite era of the '90s. I love '90s basketball. That's that's where it really sits with me. So I get it. But, but we'll see what we do, man. Um, you know, thanks for enjoying. Thanks for uh, listening to us. You know, give us a shout, give us a like, and subscribe on YouTube. Um, otherwise else, we'll come at you in uh, maybe a couple weeks' time with another uh, episode of Historically Athletic. Maybe I'll, get, maybe I'll get to bring the kid. Briefly. Then, I mean, he'll be a Briefly. natural. He'll be a natural. Well, yeah, he's going to look better than his dad. He's got his mom in there, too. Mm. On that note, guys, I will go ahead and say... That you're paying for my next beer. <laughs> that I enjoy this. This is a lot of fun. We will catch you guys later. Bye, y'all. Catch you on the flip side.